Show 35 with Coach Tony Legando. Growing up in North Central Ohio, Huron football was a very well-respected program among all sports. I've had the opportunity these last few springs to sit alongside of Coach Legando and do senior exit interviews. And watching him interact with these seniors moving on to the next chapter of their lives was very motivating and very intriguing of how he connected with these, these young men and women. He is now a motivational speaker and author. And even though he had a brief stint as a wrestling coach, his stories and leadership skills relate to wrestling. Check out his new book, To Lead a Good Life, or go find him on TonyLogando.com. Hey, Coach. How you been, man? It's been a minute. Yeah, I'm doing good. It's good to see you. It has been more than a minute, I guess, but uh, looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, so uh, we usually have that spring uh, senior exit interview, which is kind of nice. Uh, that we get to chat and talk every spring, right? And uh, this year we were unable to do that, but uh, I always look forward to that. You know, we're we're, we're always uh, partners with that and get to interview senior seniors exiting into the real world, and it, it's always fun talking with you there. And I I, I missed that this spring. Yeah, that's uh, it's a good program. Uh, see those kids go out in the community and shadow somebody, and uh, you and I know in interviewing them, it's fun to just see. Uh, I don't know how excited they are about getting the next chapter of their life going. And yeah, yeah I haven't been working with you because it just is a special program. I love it. Love to see those kids get out and get after it. Right. So for those that don't know, you're a uh, former, you know, coach, you know, motivational speaker, now author. We'll get into the book a little bit later, but uh, you know, this is a wrestling show. You were a football coach, but uh, you, you had a brief stint as a wrestling coach, right? Well, I did. What happened was I was uh, coaching football my first year at, at St. Mary's. And um, one of the football coaches, the defensive coordinator, says, hey, can you help out? I said, I don't know anything about wrestling. I never have. He said, I like the way you work with kids. I think you'd be good to uh, get involved in the program, help us with the conditioning. And I had a good time with it because to me, coaching is teaching. You know, everything's relative. It's about you know, trying to inspire the kids, trying to motivate them, working with them. And, uh, you know, I can't tell you I learned a lot of wrestling, but I did enjoy uh, how it makes a, a kid stand on his own two feet. There's nobody there to blame but yourself. And I think there's definitely um, a huge benefit. And I'm going to tell you something. I learned a lot about drill. I took what I learned in that wrestling room onto the football field and that repetition that, uh, you know, that uh, Coach Keegan, he used to be the wrestling coach at St. Mary's, I learned so much watching him work that I'm not sure I would have been as successful, and I mean this, as a coach without really having that season or two, just watching him work and, and the way that the repetition just fit right into the match, it was impressive to me. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, a, you know, muscle yeah. memory. The kids sometimes don't realize, why are we doing this, you know, hundreds or thousands of times then when it finally clicks in a match it's uh it's pretty exciting um so yeah that, you know, that's go ahead what jared it's um i couldn't believe how fluid those kids would start to wrestle they would learn a move and i couldn't follow it at first i think they were so good at what they were doing that it was hard for me to see uh what could happen before it did, you know what I mean? They just moved right into the next move and the next move. And so without repetition, I think you're lost in that sport more than any other. And I'll tell you something else I learned. 
you got to start them when they're young in that sport. I think more than any other that I've been involved in, uh, they got to learn how to, to win and how to lose. I think is probably even more important where, and I don't mean that where we're, we're talking about losing, but where a kid can find his place and then see where he's got to start from there. I just loved what it, what it taught those kids. It, and I did run the Biddy wrestling program in here and okay. for probably six or seven years uh, for coach Needham. And because I taught fourth grade and, you know, that's the level that they would start them at over there. So I think I was able to relate. And I just brought someone in, <clears throat> excuse me, that knew a lot of wrestling and that seemed to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're an educator too for, you know, what, how, how long? Well, you know, I'm still, still, te- still teaching, yeah, but uh, so fourth it, grade though, right? For for, I've been in fourth grade for 44 years now, so I got a pretty good handle on how a tenth grader thinks and how they react. So, yeah. or not a tenth grader, a ten year old. Ten year old, right, right. And th- and that's a pivotal age. You know, we were talking, you know, before this, and um, you know, talk every spring. You know, those those crucial years at that that age, the kids kind of figuring out what they like, you know, academically or athletically, or, you know, sometimes more importantly, what they don't like. Right. Well, yeah. And I, and I'll just throw this in there. Junior high is so hard on kids. You know, they're finding themselves, their bodies changing, everything's new. So they need a good prerequisite where, you know, if you can get them when they're 10 years old, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, where you can develop some type of confidence in them, you can help them develop some, leadership skills even at that age that then they can weather the storm of junior high better i can remember um i used to feel so bad looking back because in junior high i wasn't the greatest person at all and then in working with those kids i thought well they're all a little bit you know goofy they're all a little bit trying to find themselves i know that yeah that uh, 10 year old you better get a hold of them and try to get them headed in the direction where they can be successful. We talked about this before. You really don't want a kid to go out for wrestling, go out for football, you know, go out for any sport that they're not really prepared for. And I think as educators, that's our responsibility to find where can this little guy fit in? Where can we get him headed in a direction where he can be successful? might not be wrestling, it might not be football, might be the band, whatever it is, that's our responsibility to uh, lean them in that direction where they can be successful. And then they're off and running, then they can meet that junior high tough time and bust through it because they have something they're good at, something they can hang their hat on. At what point did you know you wanted to coach? You know, you've coached for a long time now, but was there a certain coach or certain moment you knew you wanted to get into coaching? Yeah, I just, um, I was so intrigued with what I could see and hear in football. I'd ride my bike up every day and just watch him work. And I was just mesmerized by the way the coaches could ever get everybody headed in the right direction. And I don't know why, but I fell in love with that as much as at that age I had hero worship for the kids playing. Um, There's something about that dance of being a coach and the way they could get everybody doing things it just and and i knew then that that's what i wanted to do i can't tell you it was a conscious you know conscious thought i just knew that was the element that i wanted to get involved in. kind of crazy but it's it's what steered me in that direction so you talk about riding your bike up there you come from a pretty big family right 
Yeah, real well, family of eight. Uh, you know, so you had to kind of learn to fend for yourself and to uh, compete at a real early age there to survive. But, um, you know, we played a lot of games, you know, and you, you had to win or you had to at least try <clears throat> or they were going to leave you in the dust. But so we were always playing games, always involved in things like that. So I guess it was a natural transition for me. Did you uh, – what sports did you play growing up then? Well, you know, uh, you know, I often say my wife and I take a walk just about every day. And it seems like we're the only ones out there. And by that, I mean, you don't see the young kids out playing like they used to. Mm -hmm. We used to be out. And I know this sounds like an old war story from uh, us grownups, but, you know, we used to be out from morning till night, just competing, whether it was in baseball, whatever the sport was, whatever the weather was, that's what we did. But I played football and I played basketball. And believe it or not, I golfed in high school. Back then, it used to be in the spring. Oh, really? Oh. And I think from that, and we talked about this before, from playing an individual sport like wrestling is, I think you learn so much about yourself. And I think it in wrestling, um, I remember asking one of the St. Mary's wrestlers, you know, God, you guys work so hard. What drives you? And the kid said to me, you know, coach, you get thrown on your back and you start to arch up and you look in the stands and there's your girlfriend, there's your mom and dad, your buddies with a big smile on their face. That motivates you. And I just think that individual sport, I'm all about team sports. And I think you get there with the wrestling. I mean, you got to have a team score. Uh, but I, I just think the value of an individual sport, if every kid could get involved in uh, some individual sport, I think it teaches you so much. That game of golf would drive you crazy because the only thing that's wrong with the game is you. Yeah. You know, there's nothing else. Right. And I think wrestling is like that. In fact, I remember Coach Keegan, you know, if a kid went up to him and says, hey, I think I'm better at that weight class than the other guy. He says, bingo, let's let's get you guys wrestle off right now. Yeah. And, you know, there was nothing to complain about. You, you just had to work. it. Right, right. So let's let's talk a little about your uh, here on football days. Obviously, very successful. Um, you know, run us through some of your accolades, and I guess uh, then we'll get into some stories. Well, I yeah, I think probably uh, just playing ball myself. You learn a little bit there. Uh, I'm going to tell you if I could just jump in here and just say what I learned from it. when I started. To me, it was all about winning. And I think that's what we're, I'm not sure that's what we're all after. I think what it's all about is teaching young kids how to stand on their own two feet. And whether the vehicle to get them there is wrestling, golf, baseball, football, what's the difference? You know, it's just, so at first I just, I just wanted to win. And I thought X's and O's what it was all about for you guys. It's, you know, coaches get so wrapped up, we got to teach them the single, the double leg, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, if you want them to perform at the highest of levels, you better get inside their head and rattle it around for a minute. You got to learn who the individual is, what motivates them, and take it from there. Uh, but I just, it, it's not about winning and losing. That will take care of itself if you are teaching them uh, how to respect the game, how to respect their teammates, how to respect their coaches. 
I remember talking to Bo Schembechler at Michigan, and he says, you guys think that it's all about team chemistry. He said, it's about coaching chemistry. So you guys can get on the same page and, and teach these young kids they need to learn. And, you know, so like I said, first, I thought it was all about X's and O's. And I thought I was pretty good at that. And you find out real quick, these kids come from some tough backgrounds. Uh, they need a coach more than a coach could ever imagine. And you better be there for them. I used to have when I coached, I had a 45-minute meeting with every kid on my team before the season started. And I'd start in January. There'd be a kid sitting in, you know, you on my big, big teams, right? Oh, yeah. You're talking about 70 to 80 kids. Kid would be waiting. When I'd get home from school, he'd be in the driveway sitting on the front step. We'd go into my office and we'd talk for 45 minutes. I wanted that, I wanted that kid to get to know me. I wanted to get to know him. And uh you know, you could zero in on what you wanted from him, what he expected of you. Uh, and I think it's just so, so important to develop team chemistry, to make that little guy feel like you've got a place on this team. You might not be playing on Friday night. Your deal might be you're a good student. You might be helping ball players, and they're going to respect you. I don't know, that type of thing. is just so valuable. And then what happens is, is you realize that's what's more important than anything else you're doing. Throwing a guy on his back and pinning it will take care of him, itself if you've treated that guy with respect. And that's a big part of the motivation right there. Is that making sense? Oh, yeah. I get long-winded sometimes no, when I talk. You're good. No, like, it's awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. No, it's uh, – I mean, I, I think – you know, sums up your philosophy you know, at here on, you know, when you're there is, you know, you, you took time. I, you know, like I said, I remember our conversations there every spring and um, you know, just hearing the one-on-one -on -one interactions you have with these kids. And then later in life, you know, you're still talking to them. It's uh, you know, a lot like wrestling um, coaches, you know, I think NCAA did a study back in 2015 of their athletes and, you know, wrestling was one of the top or was the top, uh, interactions that you still had with a coach, you know what I mean? Down the road after they competed and uh, wrestling was the top for male sports. And, uh, you know, I think how you approached, you know, here on football and that, you know, similar fashion, you got to know the kids, you know, you built the trust. I just had a, you know, Scott green, um, Wyoming seminary wrestling coach. Uh, and, uh, you know, he talked about trust was, was his team's philosophy and, you know, you know, just here, you know, talking and knowing you, you know, that, that, that seems like that was, you know, here on football philosophy. You know, I, um, maybe I'm jumping around a little bit, You're but fine. it's just yeah. for me to stress some things. Um, I used to get our ball players together and our coaches together. And I'd say, there has to be uh, a higher purpose here than just winning a ball game. You know, you get 70 guys, 80 guys together. And for you, it's whatever your team together. And I'd say, all right, we got 70 guys here. It is all we can do is say we won a few ball games. That's pretty weak. That's all we're going to accomplish when we get together is to run out on a Friday night. You have to, to make your team development more than just the game itself. You know, whether that be load up, we're going to go sing a fight song for somebody that's having a bad day. Um, I, I don't know. There has to be more that you're doing. Uh, to me, it's just vital. And then you start bringing them together. I, I think we, 
assume, first of all, that these kids know a lot about leadership. They know a lot about team and, and they don't. And the way to bring them together is the, certainly the game itself. The match itself is so valuable. But boy, you got to zero in on things that are real life situations that bring them together. Fourth and one isn't a real life situation other than you're plugging in what you've learned. But let's do something as a team to accomplish in the community where we feel good about who we are and the way we present ourselves. Yeah, that's a real good point. Uh, have you any? Have you had any setbacks that kind of propelled you as a coach or or in your personal life? That kind of at the time it you know was rough, but you realize okay, I, I'm stronger and a better person on the other side. Well. <clears throat> You know, everything you go through in life, and this will sound like what we tell the kids all the time, but uh, everything we go through in life it, it develops who we are. And if we're smart enough or we can to share those things that happen to you with the kids. Uh, for instance, when I talk to them about academics, one of the things I'm proudest of our last seven, eight years of my coaching career, uh, we were academic all Ohio football team. Oh, nice. I was a lousy student. You know, and I tell the kids all the time, that's the incentive to me. I look back on the way I was and it embarrasses me. You know, I knew when to smile. I knew, you know, they knew I played ball. I was a good kid, but, you know, I didn't do the studying. I just wanted to play ball. So, you know, those things that you go through as a person, if you can share them with your team the right way, or it just gives you that intensity, that motivation, that desire. I mean, my dad was in a vicious uh, work accident and he was an amputee. He fell under a rail car and he had his leg amputated right now and pushing away from it, you know, caught his other leg. So mm -hmm. he's trying to raise eight kids on one leg. I tell the kids all the time, you're worried about the heat out here on the football field. And I tease him. My dad raised eight kids on one leg and three toes. You know, this yes. isn't hard. We, I remember you telling me, you just watched them, right? crawl up the steps, right? On his hands? Or oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, if, if I tell you things I saw him do, you'd call me a liar. You'd lose everybody that you got uh, listening right now and watching. But, but by those personal experiences that you go through, uh, and, and my mom battled some mental illness. So, you know, um, those things, I think, make us who we are. I've told kids a thousand times, uh, the tough times you go through, uh, we don't want to go through them. But if you can get through them where it doesn't destroy you, it's a blessing because you can share what you've learned. People can watch how you handle adversity. You know, I got buddies that the first adversity they've ever hit were when they were 60 years old. You know, they don't know how to handle it. If you get it when you're young and, you know, you start with the adversity of getting thrown on their back in a wrestling match mm -hmm. and you teach them how to get through it so they can lean on that when they find the next little bump in the road. And before you know it, they've developed confidence and hopefully you and I and anyone else that coaches hopes that we had a little bit of a part of them getting where they're at, battling through what they have to battle through. Right, right. So uh, before we get into the book, right, you've been a, a motivational speaker for, for how long now? Well, I think forever. Forever, I mean, right? You're a coach, you gotta be, right? <laughs> Each you coach. I mean, you are a motivational speaker every time you get them in the room. But it just amazes me uh, because I've done a lot of it since I've retired. Mm -hmm. I go into a room with two, three hundred people, business people, 
And, you know, I, I don't know, we coach, we teach, what, what do we have? But they really are interested in what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I don't know, it's a chance to brag about the kids you worked with, the people you got a chance to work with. I really look, and I don't talk that much about myself. It's about the people who have motivated me. I've watched 10-year-olds go through more adversity than I'd ever dream of going through in my lifetime. And I, I think I've been through a bit. And it always makes me think if that kid can get through whatever it is he's got going on in his life, at 10 years old, uh, boy, I ought to be able to get through it. So um, that's what I speak about. You know, these kids that I've been around or or parents that I've been around, neighbors. I mean, just working with you, that inspires me, the way you work with people. Uh, wrestling coaches inspire me. How you can get a kid through getting whooped on, and sometimes match after match after match, the, the kid's getting beat, and he keeps getting after. Tell me that doesn't inspire you. Doesn't mm-hmm. Tell me that doesn't motivate you a bit. Or the football player who never gets a chance to play on Friday night, but yet he's still there humping. He's still giving. And I'm going to tell you something about kids like that. And probably with a kid that wrestles, guys on your team, they watch a little closer. They move a little closer to the edge of the mat or to the sideline. And they're cheering that little guy on that you and I wonder, why is he even out here other than the fact he wants to be a part of a team? Or maybe those things you are saying to him uh, gets him through the day at home, gives him a little confidence, helps him out. God, what what a wonderful profession we have, mm-hmm. you know, to work with kids. And uh, so that's what I talk about when I speak. And apparently I'm doing a good job. Guy told me if you get four jobs a year, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. Well, last year I had about 30 before that COVID hit. So um, I think people like to listen to stories about people that motivate you. No, I, I definitely think you're motivate, you know, motivating. You know, what, I had you come in and, speak to our parents and, and wrestlers like three years ago, I think, you know, the preseason little parents meeting. And, and I know, uh, you know, everyone, everyone's attention was on you and, you know, definitely uh, you drill home a message with, with uh, some emphasis. So, um, yeah. so you have a book out, right? Brand new book out. All right. right. To lead a good life. Right. So, yeah. what's, so what's, uh, before we talk about the book, what kind of led you to that and how that transpired behind the scenes? Well, I used to in the wintertime when we didn't have football, I'd gather um, stories that motivated me that I think, well, I can share this with the kids when I get them all together every day. You know, during a football season, you got to motivate every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then I started to think about, well, I coach some kids that, that are as motivating as the stories that I'm reading from other people. I've got, you know, brothers and sisters that can motivate as well as your, you know, what they've been through in their life, neighbors, teachers. I I just had an article in the newspaper today because I write a little uh, every other weekend, something on leadership or motivation. And, you know, I just wrote about a teacher who I work with that just was amazing to work with because she made everybody feel comfortable. She could tell when you were down and would leave you a little note you know, a little something to pick you up. So uh, I just started putting those thoughts down on paper. 
Um, I would share them. I teach a little leadership class out at Firelands for seventh graders and schools in the area. We bring in high school students to mentor them during our class sessions. So I would use the stories that I wrote. Uh, one of the guys that's, um, that helps run the class uh, said, those are pretty good, man. And uh, you ought to think about doing something with them. So he got me into the newspaper. Uh, in fact, it was Dave Baumgartner who runs Chick-fil-A out, out here on oh, 250. Okay. But he was working at the register at the time. And I said, you know, I'd love to get these in the paper, try to touch a few lives with it. So then my teacher from high school, guy I didn't work very hard for, he says, man, you got to get these in a book and get them out there. So he worked with me and, and there you go. And it's just been a chance to, uh, to try to continue to make a difference. Um, I don't know. You know, this is hard for me to talk. I'm Italian without really moving my hand. I'm, I'm trying to keep it folded for you because I don't want to get a uh, now before we hit record that's what i told you i was like um i'm loving the book but i know your passion and your you know your energy when you speak you know in a room so i i'm sure the zoom world we're living in now is pretty tough on you because you, you know you like to look i know the one speech you had you talk about looking right in their eyes and you kind of feel you know it was about you know the veterans and stuff and you know you know looking at you on the screen you know it's completely different than sitting right next to you and that that senior X interview and you, when you tell me a story and I can see your eyes, it's, it's completely different than this, but you know, I guess if this is the best we have considering the times, then, then I'll take it. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I spoke at Finley um, university, I guess it is to, uh, to a lot, a lot of their students. Well, they had, they were videoing me. So they had these lights coming in. I mean, I couldn't see the kids and I thought, are they sleeping? Are they, you know, got to crank it up a little bit or what you don't know. So um, the, this Zoom thing, you know, I, I've done a little bit of it, but I, there's nothing like being in a room full of people and ball players or whatever and being able to motivate them. So right. how'd, yeah, you, how'd you get connected with, uh, with Finley, with one of the Roths? They're over that area, right? No. Uh, well, I, I don't know, but okay. uh, just almost all of my talks have come from, Ball players that are in business now, uh, and then once I've been heard, then then they start spreading the word. Um, I don't know. I've got my own website, and I know I get hits on it for speaking. Tony Tonylagando.com or how, where, what's that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just a a website where people can you know click on to, okay. to see how I'm uh, you know what I have to offer, but. Mm -hmm. It's basically been word of mouth. It's basically been uh, ball players who I've coached or taught people I've taught. That's what the communication's all about. And the other thing with the book, I, I just wanted to open doors. You know, when you have author next to your name, you know, schools want to bring you in a little bit more. Uh, there's just a little more validity to it. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. You talk about something hard to do. Sit down, Jerry, write a book. I was <laughs> just going to man. It's I was just going to ask, what, what did you learn through that process? You know, I mean, I guess well, you're used I, to write for the newspaper, but writing for a book is completely different, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of those articles, I, you know, the shortened version mm -hmm. is in the newspaper because you only have so much space. Mm -hmm. It's nice in the book where you can blow it up a little bit and add to the story. Um, but I, 
I got in the habit of getting up real early every day when I coached. And just to get ready for the day, you know, you teach elementary school and you got football coach after. And, and then, you you know, during the day you teach and films at night and all that. Got to get up early to get prepared. Well, I just got used to that. So getting up early every day in the off season is when I just do the writing. You know, you, you got to set time aside every day to do it every day or it's not going to happen. But I think it taught me a lot about myself and it taught me a lot about how lucky I've been to be around these people that are just so motivating. You take a, you take a 10 year old who's, uh, you know, going through some type of abuse or neglected home and you get a chance to sit with that kid every day in the classroom and watch them work as hard as anybody, maybe harder than somebody sitting next to them. Uh, if that doesn't give you reason to get up early every morning and write or teach or coach or go to work, Whatever it is you're doing, you just don't have anything going on for yourself. So, like I said, what a wonderful opportunity we have as coaches or teachers or whoever's listening to your, uh, you know, this program that you put out uh, to make a difference. And if all you're doing is zeroing in on the X's and O's, get out of the profession. You don't get it. Uh, you're not going to be able to connect for very long. They're going to see through it that it's just all about winning and losing. And, and I just told this to someone the other day. If you think that, you know, 65-year-old man is about when I retire, that it's a big thrill to, for him to get on a school bus and go to Oak Harbor to try to whoop them in a football game, it's not as thrilling as you think it is. But to think all those guys riding on that bus with you, you've had a chance to make a difference in their life, that's worth the effort. That's what it's about. You know, I don't think football is the greatest thing going. I don't. I think working with young kids at the age that we do, uh, where the decisions they make can last with them for a lifetime and we get a chance to help with that, that's important. Mm -hmm. You know, the whooping on, on poor Clinton, that's about as, you know, it sticks with you about as long as the article in the paper and you move on. Right, right. It doesn't mean that much. But when you get a call from a kid, who's 30 years old, who you helped him get through something that he says, Hey coach, I leaned on something that you said, and I just want to thank you. Wow. That's why you get up early, isn't it? I mean, you get those right. same feelings. Right. Yep. It's, it's certainly gratifying. You know, at times it gets tough, you know, coaching, but it's uh, in the big picture, it's definitely gratifying, you know? So, um, so uh, anything else you want to share? You know, I don't want to be respectful of your time here. Anything else you well, want to talk about? Or, I know you can no, talk. I, <laughs> no, I just appreciate uh, getting the opportunity that you uh, asked me to get on board with this. And well, I'm glad I you think, reached out. You know, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you said, "Hey, you got you know got something going on here." And you know, like I said, I was bummed we couldn't connect. But um, but yeah, yeah. it's a fun fun always talking. So the book uh, to lead a good life, right on Amazon, or where do they find that on your website or Amazon or uh, you go to amazon.com and type yeah. in Tony Gando and it'll pop up there. Okay. Um, and it's a Kindle hard book, uh, paperback, right? That's right. That's right. And uh, I noticed that it moved up uh, the chart pretty good. I mean, like we're in, uh, I don't know, they have different categories, but mm -hmm. one of them is coaching, management, and that type of thing. We're up to 35th, which is pretty good because there's a few books on Amazon. And, it, it, so, and it's a format where it's short stories too. So it's not 
You know what I mean? Right. So you're, even you're not your traditional reader can pick it up and just, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, you teach fourth graders for a long time and your attention spans about where they're <laughs> with. You know, each one of them is about a four or five minute read at the max. Uh, and it's just, you know, we, we've got it in sections where there's a section on motivation, there's a section on inspiration and, and on leadership. And, um, you know, I'm getting good feedback because the who I'm writing about are good people, hardworking people. And it's, you know, I'm proud of it. I'm proud good, of it. Great idea for, uh, you know, that age sometimes, you know, it's hard to find, uh, you know, Christmas or holiday gifts, you know, stocking stuff or stay, you know, that's why I said, hey, this is a, a great stocking stuff or idea for, you know, you know, those kids you don't know who to buy something for, right? Well, yeah, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's geared more towards, you know, high school and, and, and anybody, really. It's not written for young kids, you know, for the, it, it's a lot about um, what I've learned from kids that age, the kids at the high school age, to, like I said, people I've worked with. So it's, uh, you know, I think it's it's good for anybody. Yeah. Well, thanks, Coach, for your time. We'll, we'll chat a little bit after we, we uh, jump off here, but I appreciate your time. Thank you. My pleasure. I like your studio, too. You're looking good. <laughs> Work, working on it. I got to work on this uh, beard a little bit, keep this clean, uh, but uh, it, it's working. So thanks, right. Coach. Good to talk to you.